Get the new Donkey Kong 64 bundle with the banana yellow game pack and the new Jungle Green N64 console. It's got a Jungle Green controller and comes with the N64 expansion pack. The Donkey Kong 64 bundle. It's more fun than a bunch of baboons with a bundle of bananas. World. We won't go in one direction or see where we can set. We will walk through walls. We will take a look around us. We will not be confined. We believe in the path of least limits. We won't be told how to view the world. We will experience true freedom. We will not compromise. We will live the game through our hands. We will be in control of something. We will change the system. Change the system. It's Ferret 64 with your host, Yemi the Ferret. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ferret 64 with me, your host, Yemi the Ferret. How's everyone doing today? You can just call me Yeme, that's fine. Yemi actually, not Yeme. That, that, Yeme is the, uh, is the, um... I don't know, Spanish version of my, uh, of my name. Yemay! No. <laughs> well, anyways, thank you for joining me, uh, for another episode of Ferris 64, your one-stop place for all your video game needs. That's right. Here I am. Uh, we got some games that I want to talk about today. I don't have as many as last week, of course. Um... But uh, I do have a, a a big one to talk about and a smaller one to talk about too, and then we got a little bit of news today. So it's probably I mean I I know I've said this before and I've been wrong before. This is probably going to be a little bit of a shorter episode I think, but we'll see what goes on. All right. So the first game I want to talk about today, of course, in the um you know in the in the first section of the podcast, usually talk about what I've been playing this past week. I've been playing Hot Wheels Unleashed. That's right. Um, and you, you, I mean, everyone who has been listening to the podcast and or reading the blog, which I haven't updated in a while, and or in the Discord, knows that this is one of my most, uh, one of the games that I've been most excited for to play this year because a lot of things in my past, I, I used to love Hot Wheels when I was a kid. Um, and a lot of these, the, the vehicles that are in the game were ones that I actually had. <laughs> um, a lot of the starter cars I also had as well. And it's just been, um, it's been a really fun time so far. The one thing that's bugging me, I'll start with something that, that's bugging me, okay? This is the one thing that's bugging me in the game. They have a system for coins. There's no microtransactions as of me recording this, um... But it's 500 coins to get a random car from a blind box. Or you can spend upwards to of 1,200 coins in order to get specific cars that are in the shop at that specific time. So you can see a really cool car in the store, and it'd be 1,200, and you have 500 coins, and you can't get it. And those end every day, so it switches out every day. The, the one thing that has been a little bit annoying is the rate, the amount of coins you get per race per whatever is a little low in my opinion uh if you don't get first second or third in a multiplayer race you get 35 coins flat okay um if you get first place i think you get 150 or 100 
I will, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll admit this right now. I have not gotten first, second, or third place in a race so far uh, online. Um, the servers do need a little bit of work because there was a lot of lag and people stuttering about. Uh, it still was a fun time, don't get me wrong. It's just a little bit difficult to kind of judge, you know, where someone's going to be or, you know, how far you should drift if there's cars in front of you because of the fact that someone could lag out you know, bop you back, you know, bump into you, all that kind of stuff. Now, you can turn off car collision, but most people who set up a, uh, you know, uh, um, a game won't do that because, obviously, it's more fun to bump into people, right? But, yeah, that's the one thing that's bugging me right now. You don't get enough coins for what you're doing in the game. Most of the story mission levels are, like, 30 to 50 coins each, and, you know, let's say you're not doing too hot on the multiplayer. I mean, you'll eventually get there, but 35 coins per match playing an entire three-lap race that could take about 5-10 minutes. Well, maybe not 10 minutes, but more like 5 minutes. You know, that can get a little annoying when you're just trying... I just want to get more cars in my collection, you know? They definitely made it a bit of a grind to get there to the, t you know, to get the cooler cars. Let me move over to the positive stuff, okay? The track builder is very, very cool. Um, there's just so much that you can do with your tracks. Bend them in different ways. Loop-de-loops and pools and, you know, magnetic strips going up to the ceiling and different items you can place and different ways that you can start and end a race and all this different fun stuff. Uh, I'm not very good at it. I'm not good at a lot of these different things. I mean, the only time that I've been actually good at making, like, you know, tracks is in Roller Coaster Tycoon. Um, I don't know why, but that seems to be the only place that I can actually mentally make a track that's good. <laughs> so I'm going to keep working at it, you know. I, I, I still really enjoy messing around with the different things. And, you know, you can make the track, you know, end and then you can drive on the actual floor. Or, you know, there's like a skate park so you can have the cars drop off from a, from a half pipe. And, you know, do, you know, you don't have to have a track. You can just have like the, the invisible track or cones set up. Um, and that's a really cool thing, and, and you can really manipulate the track to how you want it to. Um, for the custom tracks that I've raced on so far, one of them was literally just a circle. <laughs> and you went around a, a circle three times, and there were barriers that would slow you down if you were in first place, because they would just litter them on the track. You know, so you're going to get the bad ones mixed in with the good ones, of course. But for the most part, I've been enjoying my time racing around the custom-made tracks. You know, some of them are pretty cool. The tracks that the developers actually made are probably the best tracks in the game. Some of them are very, very interesting to race on. I, I really enjoy all the different, you know, things that they did with the environments along mixed with the track. Um, there's a lot of cool ideas that they have going on in this game. And racing around with these cars, I mean, it's, it's very nostalgic for me because I used to do the same thing. You know, after I get done with my 30 minutes of playing Revolt Aloud for the day back in the day, I would pull out my Hot Wheels, and of course there were Matchbox cars mixed in there too, and I would race them around in a similar fashion on tracks that I would personally make myself. Uh, not with the orange strips. Um, I, I never really got into the orange strip racers, but I had these, like, um these roads that were like plastic roads that you could build up and, you know, do stuff with. So I would use that, um, instead of like the orange strips, but I still had a few orange strips here and there. I was never, I was just never really a huge fan of them. The only time I really had the orange strips was during the highway 95 or whatever it was called, um, era when they had like these really super special cars. But I talked about on the, that on the blog, so I'm not going to rehash it here. Um, 
But I, I am really enjoying racing around these cars. The drifting mechanic is so fun to use. You know, I mean, yeah, okay, okay. You know, it feels like Mario Kart in a way with the drifting. But each car really does have its own feel to it. I've been messing around with like the six or seven cars that I have right now. And some of them drift really nicely. They, you know, some of them don't drift nicely, but they go super fast. Uh, other ones are kind of like those in the middle cars that are like, they're, they're slow. They're both, they feel heavy, but you know, they get the job done. Um, so, so far, I mean, the, the whole collection of cars I had, they've all kind of handled differently. I mean, one car, like you literally, you go into a drift and it's like super touchy. So like if you press the joystick all the way, the car will literally do like a 90 degree turn instead of drifting. And it's like, okay, that's kind of interesting. Maybe I'll use that in a different, you know, different track. So one of the things about the game is like really thinking about and choosing the car that you want to use. Of course, there is an upgrade system in the game. You can earn gears throughout your time playing the game and you can use 200 gears and it, of course it goes up in increments of increments of like 300 or something like that to upgrade a vehicle um, so you can increase the handling the speed the acceleration and the um, turning or whatever it's called um, but you know I really I've enjoyed this small the small collection of cars I had I really do enjoy and one of the cooler things about the game I'm playing the ps5 version um, the dual sense controller actually does feel pretty good in this game you know there's a lot of games out there that are like oh we have a ps5 version and you know it's just like you know that they do nothing with the controller essentially they just they make it a little bit harder to squeeze one of the triggers hot wheels unleashed yeah both the triggers have tension on them when you're turning i'm sorry when you're braking or you know boosting or I'm sorry, not boosting, uh, braking or accelerating. Um, but then you also feel the controller do different things when you're boosting. You're driving over different track parts. Um, you're in the electrical area. You kind of feel like a little tingling, kind of like in Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. And um, there's these moments where you press the boost button and the controller vibrates like a, you're boosting. It, it actually helps you immerse yourself into the game a lot better than I was expecting. You know, I was expecting just to kind of be the bare minimum for it. But it's actually a really nice uh, dual sense controller feeling game. And that's actually really exciting because I've been complaining for a while now that not enough games utilize the controller to its maximum efficiency. Uh, the only games so far being Astro's Playroom, of course, uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. And now I can finally add, I can add a new game to my list, which is Hot Wheels Unleashed has actually done something pretty cool with the controller, giving you a much more immersive experience. Now, it's not going to be, like, super immersive, right? You know, it's not like you're actually in the car racing around, but it, it feels really good. You know, it just it just feels good, you know? that And that's really all I care about, you know? And another thing that I really, really like about the game is as you drive your car, you know, you'll run into walls sometimes you'll go off the track you'll need to reset yourself by holding that triangle or y or whatever you're using um and you know depending on, on how many times you've you know pressed the reset button or how many walls you've grinded against or cars you've hit your the actual hot wheels car will start to have damage on it so you'll your thumbprints or fingerprints will show up on like the more metallic objects on the car uh you'll see scratches and dents appear uh, it's actually quite cool <laughs> um it's actually quite cool and like I said before, the game looks great. You know, um, the game... Maybe I didn't mention that before, but I mentioned it now. The game looks great. Um, the cars themselves all look fantastic. They look really well, uh, very nicely detailed. Um, and 
I, I, I mean, the lighting effects and stuff like that is also really, really good, too. And then also just, like, the look of the track and the different things that happen on the track also all look really, really good. And I'm sure it looks fine on, on the other platforms, too. I can just kind of talk from my experience with the game. And on the PS5, it looks really, really, really good. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's just a, a, the main thing about the game. It, just, it feels good. It plays well. Um, it's, it's, it's just, it, it's got a familiar feeling while also being a property that we really haven't seen a game for since like the PS2 days, you know? Um, and that's really cool. I, I really am enjoying it so far. Um, there's this whole like story mode where you, you know, you race in boss battles and there's like some secret areas you can go to by doing specific challenges or tasks that aren't actually shown on, on your list of things to do. And each one, you know, you, you either earn coins or gears or you earn like a, a free blind box or you earn a free new uh piece for your basement or uh you know just racing on the track in general we'll put we'll add it to your your list of tracks as well um another thing that just a, it's a little bit bugging me um is the fact that you need to buy some tracks and i didn't notice that so i was holding down x to start a race on a track and i accidentally bought it for 300 coins and i was trying to save it for 500 it was kind of annoying um just that in general i don't think they made a pop-up for that at all uh, but the story mode is actually pretty cool. There's a mix of, like, time trials, um, you know, actual races, I, like I said, boss fights and special events, stuff like that. You go around all these, all these different tracks, and you can really start to learn them back and forth as you go through them. It, just, it feels good. It plays well. I mean, what else can I say? It, it's, a, it's just a fun game, um, and I think, uh, I think my hype has been justified. I think that it's... I, I don't think that it's like the best game the, of this year, uh, as I was hoping it would be, but it's still a very, very fun experience. And, you know, if you like racing games and if you had Hot Wheels when you were a kid or even now, you know, that that's fine. You can have Hot Wheels now if you want. I, I think it's just a, it's a fun experience. And um, I think I don't think there's anything else I can say right now. I'm just kind of going to keep playing it, you know. Um, like I said, the multiplayer just, I mean, they need to tweak their servers a little bit to help with the lag and stuff like that. I know I'm not running on the best connection. My PlayStation is downstairs while the router's upstairs. I know I'm not on the best connection, but it's not that bad. And other people obviously have worse connections because they're stuttering around the track and stuff like that. Um, and then the other thing, I, I just, I wish they would give you out a little bit more coins, you know, maybe, maybe more like 50 coins for anything below first, second or third. And then, you know, increase the number as you go up that list. You know, I feel like 35 is just such a low number compared to how many, how much some of the things in the shop are, you know, like I said, upwards of a thousand two hundred coins to get one of the special cars that are available in the shop for a limited time. I mean, that's a lot of races to go through, and you're not going to win everyone. Hell, you're not going to get the top three in every race. Um, so, you know, you know, like you know, you got to find a car that you really like. Like, there's the surfer car that I got that makes a noise when you boost every so often. It makes like this, you know, kind of like um. Uh, it kind of sounds like a surfer rock type thing, you know, and uh, you boost every every so often. Um, and it, it has really good handling, has really good speed, has really good acceleration. Um, it's just that the turning is a little slow when you're doing your drifts. But other than that, I, I really like it. And, you know, I, I forgot to mention this, too. Some cars have different ways of boosting. So instead of it being like a boost bar like you would see in Burnout or Need for Speed or something like that, um, it's just like a dot with a circle around it. And you have like a, a boost that you can activate and you don't need to hold down the button to use the boost. Some cars have a longer boost meter. Some of them have more boost buttons. 
<laughs> um, and on the track, there are boosts and, you know, things on the track to help you out as well if you need it. And I the, the, the reset button has been my best friend. You know, yeah, it, it puts you back a little bit. But if you get out, you know, if you get way out of the track, yep, just hold down that triangle button, get your reset and just keep going. You can always win a win a race, um, especially if you're playing like on hard, medium, or easy. Especially easy, you can always you can always catch up. You know that's that's the thing about the game. You know uh, you can either you, you might not be able to win a race if you're that far behind, but you will be able to catch up to the cars that are in the end because it's got a good balance to it. Um, the cars don't specifically slow down to make it easier on you, but they do. You know they do come up from behind pretty regularly to try and pass you up during the main race and you can also do the same thing to them so it's pretty pretty fair and balanced in my opinion in that way it's not like mario kart where you can get up ahead and you'll never see another kart again you know um but yeah i'm just i'm just having a good time with it i hope i've expressed that there's just some minor inconveniences that i that have tainted the experience just a little bit not that much i can i can wipe it off with a rag you know and uh, the other game that I've been playing this past week is Psychonauts, um, and we played this on 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 Twitch. We I streamed it on Twitch. Still, still a fucking S game, S tier game. I I, I I would put this one just just so slightly below Psychonauts two. I feel like the level design in, in the original Psychonauts is just so so well done. I mean, there's so many just unique and fun brains to explore you know after you pass like the training missions you know and you get to the asylum and those those brains are just like they're so cool you know the one is uh the, you know a battlefield and you're going around to the houses and trying to figure out you know exactly what the people need to help fight for your army you know you have one that's a kaiju battle where you're giant raz and you're smashing buildings and fighting superheroes uh, almost like the big kaiju Godzilla fights of old. It's just so much fun. There's one where you have to like put on a play and you're trying to get a specific object to drop down and it's a bit of a puzzle and it can get a little annoying if you have to listen to the voice lines a lot, but it's still a fun uh fun one. It, it still it makes you think, that's for sure. Uh there's another one where you go inside this like painted world and it's just so beautifully done. And you're, you're going down this alley. It's a big alley, and there's a bull that's charging every so often, so you have to find ways to get around it. And then finally, the meat level. I actually really enjoyed the meat level this time around. Um, I know a lot of people are like, oh, that, that meat section is so bad. I really didn't have a big of, that big of a problem with it. Like, yeah, sure, it's a little bit annoying, you know, when uh, the, the, the small oleander, which is the guy's brain that you're in, is being targeted by these disgusting rabbit creatures, but it's not that difficult, all things considered. I mean, I had to restart maybe once or twice, and the boss fight definitely made you think. I had to pull out the bacon and, and ask uh, Fred Cruller how to, you know what what he thinks of the battle to get a little hint there. But I mean, look for the for for the most part, it, it still looks great. It still holds up pretty well. Yeah, some of the character designs for the kids can be a bit are a bit hard to look at, especially for the main bully of the game. Um, but I, I do still really, really enjoy this game, and I think that it's a must-play for anybody who likes platforming adventures. It's it's just about as as it's it's, it's a must-play, and you must go into the second game immediately after playing this one because it's just as good, and it is better, of course, but it's just as good as this game was back in the day. So Psychonauts 1, 
definitely, definitely, definitely try that out if you haven't yet. Um, if you like third, you know, platformers and you like collectathons, it's definitely there for you. I will say this: some of the figments that you need to get, which is the collectibles in the game, are a bit out there. You know, they they're really hard to spot, and there's so many of them. Luckily, in the second game, they're a lot easier to spot, and they're not like hidden under the level or anything like that. You know, they don't pop up randomly. Some of them are flying around, but they're easy to see, and you can always get to them. Um, in this game, in, in Psychonauts 1, they're much more difficult to see from far away, and even when you're up close, if you have the wrong angle, you can't see them. And like I said, some of them are like flying in and out of the level too, which is really annoying. But I love the level design. I love the hub world. I like the story, and I and this game makes me appreciate Psychonauts 2 so much more simply because it really does build off of the story that they started in the original Psychonauts game. And this, I mean, Psychonauts 1 leads directly into Psychonauts Rhombus of Ruin, which is the VR title, which leads directly into Psychonauts 2. And it, if it, like you go from each game, and it feels like a second passes, like not even a second passes. And that's like one of the, my favorite things about Psychonauts 2 is like you can finish Rhombus of Ruin, or even Psychonauts 1, honestly, and you can just jump right into 2 without any problem. Um, and and that's, that's a beautiful thing that you can't say about every single game that's out there. <laughs> um, I also played a little bit of Sable or Sable. I'm not sure exactly how to say it. Uh, it's an open-world game where they kind of just give you the reins and tell you to go after the tutorial area. I'm not a huge fan of stuff like that. Like, I need a little bit of, direct, of direction. Put a little marker on my map or, you know, make it so that I can kind of know where to go. You know, in the game, the, the a character will be like, go west and find this. And it's like, okay, I guess I'll just go west. And I don't like that type of thing, you know. Even in games like Horizon Zero Dawn that has this big open map that you know, you need to get from point A to B, and there's a lot of travel time in between. At least there's a marker telling me, hey, this is where you will end up eventually. And I like that sort of thing. In Sable, it just doesn't happen. Like, I love how the game looks. It's it's very it's a very unique-looking game, and, you know, the gameplay style is, is very, you know, fun, and, you know, flying around on this hovercraft is pretty cool, and going to the different areas on the map are, you know, in this, like, dystopian desert area is cool, too. But I'm just not into how the game is structured. You know, I, I would I, I just want to have an arrow, not an arrow, but just a marker telling me, hey, this is where you're going to, you know, it'll be in this general area. That's all I really need in order to keep playing the game. But I've decided not even to keep going with it because I feel like I'm just, I'm already pretty frustrated with it in, in that aspect. And I feel like if I try and keep going, I'll just keep getting lost and I will keep getting annoyed with it. I know that's kind of what the game is all about, right? You're supposed to go out on your on this trip alone, you know, and you know, learn the ways of the world, but you know, it's just it's just not gelling with me and I don't think that it ever is going to fully gel with me you know I, I think that there is a there is a demographic of people who is going to like this game you know people who like games like breath of the wild or something like that you know that has like this open area that doesn't really tell you exactly what you need to do but it's it's this open vast area i think you might like this you know you can, you can get around pretty fast um the other thing that i learned is every game is either mario kart or legend of zelda that is the one thing i learned uh this past week as well so because sable has a meter, you know, a stamina meter when you're climbing or running. That means that it copied directly from Breath of the Wild, right? <laughs> that is what I learned this past week when I was skimming through some uh, some reviews for the game after I played it, just to kind of see what other people were saying. 
And those kind of those kind of things just kind of make me scratch my head. I remember last week how I said that Lost in Random had a terrible review where someone said the combat was just like Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I had to fucking debunk that. I read another review on Nintendo Life that was completely the opposite. They said that the combat was not that thought out. So it's like, okay, so what is it? Is it IGN's review where they say that the combat is so in-depth that it's like Final Fantasy VII Remake? Or is it so basic that it's, you know, uh, so simple to get through? You know, it's like, okay, maybe, I don't know. All I can say is, if you really, 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 really want to know a game, you got to pick up that controller and play it yourself. You can't watch... I mean, you can you can watch live streams, but I say, like, you know, reading an article or watching someone on live stream, that's one person's experience compared to yours, and your experience might and probably will definitely be different from someone else's. That's why I say, if there's a demo, play the demo. If you can... Try the game out if you're interested in it, or you can wait until it's probably going to be free on whatever platform you want to. But the main thing is, you can't always trust what these reviewers tell you, because some of them are just blatantly wrong, and there's no way to, like, really, you know, debunk what they're saying until you actually play the game and go, huh, this isn't anything like Final Fantasy VII Remake, or, you know, this isn't anything like Breath of the Wild. They compared it to Breath of the Wild, but it doesn't feel like Breath of the Wild, you know? So there's my mini rant for the day. Um, I finished Tales of Iron this past week as well. I talked about this game last week. And it was a really cool and fun experience. I had a glitch happen, though, where a, a one, one part of an armor, one helmet, did not show up on my map, which is stopping me from getting the 100% on the game. And that just it, it annoys me a little bit, but the game was so fun. You know, I can't hold it against it because the game was so much fun, and I really, really enjoyed the game and the combat and stuff like that. So I'm not going to hold that against it. Maybe in a future patch that'll be addressed. I know where to find the helmet. It just is not sp- it's not spawning. And there's so many people online who are like, oh, just start a new game. It's like, yeah, let me just start a new game to get one piece of armor. <laughs> yeah. But I, w- I mean, I would recommend it for anyone who likes a Metroidvania 2D side-scrolling adventure. A little bit more of a difficult game from t- you know at, at times, but you know it has a good amount of customization and armor sets, and I like the combat a lot. It it definitely does a lot with the combat. So if you want to, make sure you check it out. And that is all that I've been playing this past week. Uh, I haven't been playing as much as I thought I was going to. Um, I've been focusing a lot on just kind of finishing some games that are, you know, currently the new games. So, you know, I've been playing Kenna. I was playing Tales of Iron. You know, of course, I was finishing Psychonauts on stream before the Halloween stream started. Um, And I'm still getting through a good amount of games still. And, of course, next week more games come out like Far Cry and stuff like that. So my slate is pretty heavily filled, which is... Also, why I haven't been doing blog posts. If I'm not playing video games, I'm either resting, watching football, or something like that. Um, and you know, because right now my gaming slate and my my you know just I just because I love doing this podcast and I love coming to you with the information that you need to make decisions about if you're gonna if you think that a game's gonna be good or not and. I, I just want to play the new stuff right away, and then I'll finish it up later. So right now, I'm trying to finish Kenna and a few of the other smaller games that are on my list before the bigger games start to come out. Um, I'm going to keep playing Hot Wheels while other games come out, of course. But, you know, just, just a PSA, you know, just a public service announcement. I don't condone street racing. Uh, right now, we are playing Little Nightmares on stream. I 
probably am going to be finished with it by the time that you listen to this podcast because I think that I'll be able to finish it on Saturday because I don't think the game is extremely long. Um, uh, I just I don't know if I'm going to get stuck at a part or something like that. So it might take us a stream or two. I don't think it's going to take us too long. And then after that, we're going to be moving into The Evil Within. And yes, I have updated my entire stream uh, alerts and opening and closing and my background has Halloween stuff in the background. Um, you know, when people raid, there's gonna be cool stuff that happens. Um, I'm, I'm also gonna implement some, some point redemption stuff to, to spice things up. And I hope to see you there. Anywho, let's go ahead and talk about some of the news that's been, uh, this past, that, that's been, so let's talk about some of the news that's that's come up this past week. Uh, we are covering news between uh, September September twenty uh, fifth through the first of October. So uh, that that'll give you a little timeline there. Xbox has revealed a bunch of new accessibility features coming soon to the consoles themselves. Uh, Things like quick settings for toggling accessibility features without leasing your game or app is one of the big things that they're implementing. And then also having new tags for accessibility features on the Xbox store will display the different things that you could use with each game. So if, you know, if the game supports the... Uh, that long adaptive uh, adaptive controller, it'll tell you that it supports that kind of stuff or supports button mapping or anything like that. Those types, that type of information will be on the store instead of, you know, you having the, you know, let's say you buy the game, you download it, and then, you know, your, your son who has, I don't know, you know, uh, some sort of disability can't play it because, oh no, it doesn't, this game doesn't recognize the controller that we plugged in, you know. Um, there will also be new color filters, uh, new and improved, to enable those with color blindness or color, color vision deficiency to explore more current games. A new night mode is being implemented, which will adjust light sources to help you, uh, you know, with a, be- with a better night's sleep. So if you're playing at night, uh, it turns the screen a little bit more brownish color to help with that type of thing. It's almost like wearing those gamer glasses in a way. And then also there will be globalization of speech to text or text to speech chat settings. Um, so you can actually have the console read out what's on the screen to you for people with, and you know, who are visually impaired, which is a really good idea, of course. And finally, they also confirmed that there's going to be an update to uh, the Xbox wireless controller, the Xbox Elite controller, and the adaptive controller to include next-gen features, quote-unquote, um, which will help with cross-device connectivity and reduce latency between those devices. 343 Industries also confirmed that Halo Infinite is going to be packed with a bunch of accessibility options, all things that should be standard on any game nowadays with font size, subtitle font size um, accessibility, uh, menu narration, text-to-speech, speech-to-text options, along with linear navigation, which will help you get through the UI. Um, all, all things that should be on pretty much any game. I said that during when I was talking about Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart's accessibility features. Like, it's all stuff that should be on the game in general, just because you never know who's going to be playing your game. Um, but if you want a full list of updates, you can go to the Xbox Wire website to... Um, look into that and there's also a video uh, called xbox accessibility showcase which is on xbox's youtube channel right meow switching gears to something sony related 
Kratos. Kratos' voice actor, whose name's Christopher Judge, says that God of War Ragnarok was delayed because of him. Ah, interesting. So, Christopher Judge, uh, he came out on Twitter, and he probably came out on Twitter because of the things he was reading on various web, uh, various posts from different studios about de- game delays. Um, obviously, it's it's been a bit toxic lately with how people have been responding to various games getting delayed or pushed back a few months. Um, so Christopher Judge came out on Twitter and said, 100% in my feels right now. I need to be forthcoming. This has been approved by no one. To the beloved fandom, Ragnarok was delayed because of me. August 2019, I couldn't walk. Had to have back surgery, both hips replaced, and knee surgery. They waited for me to rehab. Um, He also continued to say, no threats, no who do you think you are, nothing but love and support. And Santa Monica has never said a word about the delay and what caused it. Studios are assholes, but this company from top to bottom should give us hope. What they did for the crew is way more. So, I mean... There's a lot of different things that go into why a game is delayed, whether it be technical issues, glitches, quality of life improvements, patching, etc., etc., all the way to voice actors not being able to walk. There's a lot of different things that could be happening in the background. Um, I think that I, I think this is a good message as you know, it's not as the best wording ever, but I think this is a good message because there's so many people who just they see a game delay, they say, fuck you, you know, what they say some really disgusting shit to the developers or whatever, and obviously most of this stuff is out of their hands, and let's, and, and also, would you, I mean, I, get, I bring up this point every single time, do you want them to release a game that's broken just so you can have it now? It doesn't make sense. Keep the game in the oven a little bit longer, and boom, you have a perfect game. If they had delayed Cyberpunk 2077 a year, Guess what? That probably would have been the best game ever, right? But because they released it early, because the fans demanded it, boom, it came out and it was one of the worst game releases ever. Probably the worst game release ever. Maybe besides from E.T. But but that's besides the point. This Christopher Judge brings up a great point here. No threats, no nothing. Santa Monica was looking out for someone on their crew, the voice actor for Kratos... And they wanted him to get better and be back to 100% before he did his the rest of his lines. Thus, they delayed the game a year. Maybe even, you know, it probably also had in part to do with the with the pandemic. But, you know, this is also a big factor as well. If, if your talent can't be there, then what, what can you do? So, um, in the same vein of things, um, God of War 2018... Uh, was voted as the best game ever. Uh, it beat out games like Grand Theft Auto V, The Legend of Zelda, Mario games, Half-Life's, everything under the sun that you can think about. Um, and, of course, it kind of... I mean, this really broke a lot of people. Um, a lot of people just... You know, look, it's 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 on IGN. IG, IGN, of all places. And you're going to go onto IGN's tweet and like start spamming... Whatever. I mean, look, God of War 2018 is a great game. Is it the greatest game of all time? I don't think so. I mean, everyone's greatest game of all time is going to be different. This is just a general consensus of how people felt. And yeah, probably a lot of IGN's readers are younger, so they haven't played the older games like their Half-Lives and, you know, Ocarina of Times and stuff like that. I haven't played Ocarina of Time, and I was alive when that game came out. 
the point is, don't take this stuff to heart. If you're going to go on the Twitter and just start bitching about this, look, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. As I say during every single Game Awards show or even my top 10 list, the only game that matters is, guess what, your top game of the year. Not IGN's, not mine, not Joe Mama's, okay? The only game that really is, you know, the only game of the year that matters is your game of the year. The one that is great to you. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt, you know. I mean, I, I would I would rather this have won than Grand Theft Auto V. I don't think Grand Theft Auto was better than Grand Theft Auto IV, in my opinion. But, you know, God of War 2018 is a pretty good game. And for it to win greatest game of all time, I'm not mad about it because... It's still a really good game, you know? It's it's emotional, it's got great combat. Ah, you know, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Um, so, yeah, don't take that to heart. Phil Spencer actually came out and said, Congrats, great recognition for a fantastic game uh, to you and your team. Um, and then also, Corey Barlog, who is uh, one of the heads of Santa Monica, said, Dear Internet, I take this award as nothing less then your full-throttled collective support of the trolls in the game and your rally cry for more trolls in all future games. I hear you, I see you, take action. So this is just a little um, <laughs> this is a little jab at the people who hated how, how many times you fought a troll in the game. Now, I was one of those people, I was like, eh, it comes up a little bit too, too many times. They could have done something different. Luckily, I feel, I really 100% feel like they fixed that problem in the next game, just judging off of the trailer and how many different enemies were just kind of featured in that. So, you know, um, yeah, but still, you know, take it with a grain of salt, like I said, like I said. Uh, Sony is also introducing uh, something called Game Trials. You can try PS5 games for a limited time. This is not, uh, this is not, uh, it has not been implemented on the PS4 yet. But uh, the first two games that are available for you to try are Death Stranding Director's Cut and Sackboy A Big Adventure. You can play Ooh, excuse me. You can play Death Stranding for six hours and Sackboy for five hours. Now a lot of people claim, oh, the first six hours of Death Stranding is a bit of a slog. Oops. Now maybe it's not I mean it's it's definitely the first six hours of these games or five hours of these games, you know. Um, I don't think they would put you smack dab in the middle, especially because trophies, save data, progress, it all transfers if you buy the full version of the game after doing the demo. And the demo, the time limit does start as soon as you hit download on the item. So, you know, if Death Stranding takes you, full, you know, an hour or so to download, that's that's an hour or so of game time you don't have. Um, same thing with Sackboy. So if you know, make sure you got a strong internet connection before starting your download on these. Maybe even hardwire it for you know an hour or so for the games to download. Um, both these games will be available to play in a, in demo form until the 28th of October. So you have a pretty much a full month to try them out if you so desire. Uh, Sackboy, a big adventure, really fun kids game. Um, I really enjoyed it when I played it. Uh, it, it, lots of fun, different costumes and level designs. Um, I think it looks better than Yoshi's Crafted World. Death Stranding Director's Cut, like I said, it's a slow burn at the beginning, and once you get into it, it does start to pick up, as many, many people know. It's just that first few, uh, you know, six or seven hours of gameplay can, can be a bit of a slog to get through. Um, and I am planning on playing the game again eventually, but, um... 
right now it's just a it's a bit of a big game to just kind of get into you know so if you want to make sure you check out either of those games also the playstation plus games for october have been revealed and they are hell let loose on the ps5 mortal kombat x on the ps4 and pga tour 2k21 on the ps4 as well uh, this is not a great lineup of games, especially because Mortal Kombat X is my least favorite Mortal Kombat game out of the entire series. Also, it's not the XL version, which comes with all the DLC, so you're just getting the base game of Mortal Kombat X, which is already discounted to like $10, maybe even $20. Hell Let Loose, though, that is a brand new experience on the PS5 and on the Xbox Series X. Um, that's a brand new game coming out. Uh, it looks it looks really good. Uh, I'm wondering if they're releasing this for free only because, you know, Battlefield and Call of Duty are coming out and they want to squeeze their game in there and be like, hey, this is a pretty good game. <laughs> I definitely want to try that out. Uh, you know, PGA, you know, it's a golfing game. Um, is You know, if you don't like golf, you're not going to like that game. It is kind of weird that they had, they had like a tennis game and now they're having a golfing game. Um, maybe they struck a deal with 2K for some games to be released. Yeah, I just I'm a little disappointed that Mortal Kombat X if if it was the XL version that would totally be a good steal. But because it's just the base version of the game, and I didn't like the combat as much. I thought that the fatalities were very uninspired, and I also really didn't like how they set up the roster. It's a very small roster and each character gets like three different versions of them and you never get a configuration that you really really like, you know? And also, the story in the game is just kind of not that great, and that kind of shows because in the next game, they kind of ignore everything that happened in Mortal Kombat X. It's kind of funny. But anyway, um, you know, pick those up beginning of the first uh, Tuesday of October, which is, of course, this this next week. All right. You know, uh, eFootball, it's a free game. Uh, it's taken over. It's, it's Instead of PES, Pro Evolution Soccer, we have eFootball. Uh, and it ha- it's had a bit of a rough launch. Everything is completely negative on the review sites, especially on Steam. It's mostly negative at this point. Um, people have been experiencing some really, really, really weird glitches. One where a referee kind of sunk into the ground and looked like a bird. <laughs> Another one where the fans glitched out and they were just like coding. Uh, a lot of people have been having some strange facial animations, bugged eyes, uh, bu- mouths being way too large, um, stuff like that. So, of course, um, they had to come out on Twitter with a statement and say, After the release of eFootball 2022, we have received lots of feedback and requests regarding the game balance that includes pass speed and defense operation. We would also like to acknowledge that there have been reports of problems users have experienced with cutscenes, facial expressions, movements of players, and behavior of the ball. We are very sorry for the problems and want to assure everyone we will take all concerns seriously and strive to improve the situation. This work will be continuously updated, quality will be improved, and content will be added consistently. From the next week onward, we will prepare for an update in October while receiving further opinions through questionnaires to our users. We will not we will, I'm sorry, we will do our utmost to satisfy as many users as possible, and we look forward to you continuing the support of eFootball 2022. Okay, so this is another, um, I mean, they weren't even pressured to fucking, they weren't even pressured to put this game out, they just kind of threw it out there. Um, it's, it is free, so, you know, <laughs> don't, you know, don't, don't get your panties in a bunch. It is a free game, but still, the release of a game 
is the most important thing. If a game release is broken, it's forever broken, um, as a lot of you know, as, as I will say. Um, that's not to say that the game can never be fixed, but to a lot of people, you know, you know, like let's say No Man's Sky, Cyberpunk, etc., etc., it the game is always going to be that first experience of being broken, you know, um, and to that, it's just unfortunate that they didn't wait another extra few weeks, maybe even a month, to get the game up to the um, to quality specs. Okay. All right, Bandai Namco has revealed a new logo that they're gonna f- start using in 2022. Um, since the merger of Bandai Namco, um, they had a re- red, yellow, orange blob of a logo that merged in 20 2005. The company is finally refreshing its image with a new logo. Now, I'm I am a fan of the original Bandai Namco logo. I don't understand it at all. It's it's, a, it's just a blob of different colors, but I thought, you know, it looks fun, you know. Now in 2022, in April 2022 specifically, they are putting out a new um more generic logo. Um essentially it's the Bandai Namco uh, it's just in in a black font inside of a speech bubble which is also called a Fukidashi in, J- in Japanese. So they came out in a press release and said, the new logo speech bubble motif expresses the potential of the brand to connect with people around the world and inspire them with amazing ideas. The speech bubble also represents Japan's manga culture that has become so popular everywhere. The logo stands for our determination to communicate with fans worldwide, to connect with our fans, and to create entertainment unique to Bandai Namco. Um... Yeah, I don't really understand that. Um, I mean, this is just, I mean, it looks, I mean, it is a very generic logo from all, you know. I mean, look, I think every single company is kind of doing the same thing where it's like, all right, we're taking this like really crazy logo that we made a a few years, you know, a hundred years ago. And we're changing it to be more modernized, quote unquote. But really what modernized means is we're making it more stale. We're making the image more, we're making it less of a brand logo and more of just like a a brand, right? I don't necessarily hate this logo, but I do not like the explanation for the logo. It feels like they're really stretching just to kind of be like, hey, come on, you you like, you're going to like this, right? Eh? Mm Hmm. Hmm. So, yeah. Uh, Predictably, people have been mostly negative, and it's going to take a little bit of time to... Get used to the new logo, um, but uh, R.I.P. the old blob. All right, good news. Uh, the Game Awards is going to return, and it's going to be live in person. You will still be able to stream the event everywhere, um, but uh, Jeff Cayley came out on Twitter and said, Save the date, everyone. The Game Awards are coming Thursday, December 9th, live in person from the Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles, streaming live everywhere. It's a global celebration of gaming culture. The Game Awards. Hashtag, everybody. Um, so, yeah, it's nice to see that the Game Awards are coming back. I always enjoy watching those, even though, you know, sometimes they can stir up a bit of uh, controversy. But there's also usually a lot of cool game reveals during it. Um, the live presentation is, is it's you know, it's pretty good. It goes pretty smoothly for the most part. Um, and yeah, uh, when the games get revealed for what's going to be on the voting slate, I definitely will go over those and let you know my opinions. Um, it is 
I, I think they're doing this one a lot earlier than the last one, right? December 9th seems to be a little early to me. I think the I think last year it was towards the end of December, which makes more sense because there are still some games that come out in December. You know, that's why I don't do my list until like late January, just so I can kind of play any games that comes out in, in December. But, you know, a lot of people, you know, are like, well, you know, the year is technically like, you know, December through November, you know. And it's like, yeah, I understand that, but also, you know, I, I kind of like to keep things clean, like, you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's just, yeah, you know, it's good news. You know, it's going to be back again, of course. Uh, it's always a good time to stream. Uh, the Battlefield 2042 beta is finally coming next week. That's right, next week you'll be able to play Conquest on a map called Orbital. Uh, the open tr uh, beta trailer is out on the Battlefield Web's uh, YouTube channel. I apologize. Um, if you have a EA membership, um, it does actually it doesn't matter if you have an EA Play membership or not, or if you have pre-ordered the game at all, because everyone will eventually, quote unquote, eventually gain access to the ability to play Conquest mode on the new map. Um, the Beta, the pre-release test begins the 6th of October, and it will run until the 9th of October. And there will be a preload available before launch, so you don't have to wait on the day to play it. If you pre-order the game or you currently are subscribed to EA Play, you will gain access on the first day, and everyone else will be able to play the beta for two days on the 8th and 9th. Four of the full game specialists will be playable during the beta. One of them is named Webster McKay. Another one, Maria Fallick. Poiter Boris Gaskowski and Wickus Wickus Casper Van Delay. On the PS5, the Conquest mode will support 128 players. Same thing with the Xbox Series X. Um, in a statement, they said during the open beta, our intent is to provide you with the kind of experience where you can focus on enjoying the sandbox. That means that we've made some adjustments to systems and features you'll otherwise encounter in the full game. So you'll find that we've pre-unlocked a wide selection of hardware, including weapons, vehicles, and gadgets for you, and let us let us let you, and and let you make the most of the time you have with the open beta. So I'm I'm um I'm kind of excited to see like okay, are we gonna get like the uh, the grappling hook thing or anything like that? I think that'll be cool, and it's gonna be interesting to see you know if they do any of the weather stuff on this map too. So I'm definitely gonna try and remind myself to download that before that happens. Like I said, it starts. The um, 6th of October for people who do have it pre-ordered and have EA Play. But after that, it'll be open to everyone until the 9th. Alright, so there's six new games coming to Xbox Game Pass. The biggest one, of course, is Marvel's The Avengers. It's coming console, PC, and cloud sometime next month. Uh, of course, it had a rocky beginning, but it's yeah, it's come around on the newer consoles. I think... I think the game really should have been like a next generation exclusive, but because it's Marvel, you know, and everyone's going to want it, they had to do it on, you know, both console and on both generations, of course. Uh, like I said, right now, it's, you know, if you play it on a newer console, it's a, it's a fine experience. I'm not a huge fan of the gear system, but hey, you know, it's not terrible on the newer consoles. Uh, you're also going to get a game called AI The Summon Files. Uh, Astria Ascending, Scarlet Nexus, which is another big hit for them, uh, Mighty Goose, which is like a Metal Slug knockoff, ripoff, kind or inspired by Metal Slug, I should say, and you'll also be getting a game called Unsighted as well. All those games will be available later this month in October. Speaking of October, 
Toy Soldiers HD has a new release date in October. It's been delayed a little bit longer until the 21st of October. It's been pushed back to the 21st of October. They said in a press release, um, it's going to be included. It's going to be on PS4, Switch, and Xbox. Uh, they say they said we're fixing the leaderboards right now. We are absolutely positive it will release on the October 21st. So. You know, we'll we'll you know we'll wait and see. Of course, I am excited to play this game again. I might not get around to playing it until maybe later in the year, but I would like to see all the improvements they've done to the game. And and you know, Toy Soldiers has a soft spot in my in my heart. Um, so yeah, well, I can't wait to check that out when it comes around on the twenty first. Now, y'all remember this game, Pumpkin Jack? We played it on stream last year on Halloween. It was a great little platformer action platformer it is getting a ps5 and xbox series x slash s version that's coming just in time for halloween on the 27th of october if you haven't played this game yet it's a very fun game it was designed and made by uh one person which is pretty crazy uh, of course he had some help along the way but it's majorly done by one person um it's it's very it's a very fun game with a lot of different things happening in it um and, you know, you can do your own voices if you want. That's what I did for my live stream. Uh, in a press release, they said, On PS5, Pumpkin Jack New Gen Edition has a performance mode that targets up to 4K resolution and 60 FPS. A quality mode is also available that targets up to 4K resolution and 30 FPS, adding higher quality effects with and, and shadows with ray tracing. So that's pretty cool. Uh, definitely check this game out. If you're interested in it, it's a very fun Halloween-themed th uh, 3D plat action platformer. So uh, if that if that tickles your pickle like it did mine, check it out. Also, a game called F uh, Fire Girl Hack and Splash Rec Rescue is going to be available in December. Uh, this is a game coming from Thunderful Games, and it looks pretty pretty unique. Uh, you play as a firefighter who goes into the world of fire to take out these... They kind of look like fire demons, and you use your hose to hack and splash. <laughs> uh, of course, you earn money to upgrade your facilities. You save countless people. Um, the game looks pretty cool. You use your you use your hose to like do platforming and, and you can use it as like a jetpack, almost like Super Mario Sunshine. Um, but yeah, that's gonna be coming December fourteenth. If you're interested in that, you can add it to your wish list on Steam. Um, and it'll also have a demo available during the Steam's Next Fest, which will be available from today until the seventh of October. If you want to check that out, I definitely will myself. And finally for today, because I put this at the end because I'm like, well, if someone doesn't want to hear this, maybe they'll just, you know, maybe you should just skip out now. I'm going to tell you all 100 mini games that are available in the new Mario Party Superstars game. If you don't want to know, if you want to go in blind, end the podcast right now. Um, and, 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 you know, cause this will be the last thing I talk about. I appreciate you stopping by if you're ending the, in, ending the podcast. Now I understand why, but it's going to cover games, uh, mini games from the N64 all the way to the Wii U era, era, including Mushroom Mixed Up, Castaways, Hammer Drop, Facelift, Piranha's Pursuit, Bobsled Run, Tug of War, Handy, Hand Car Havoc, Tipsy Turney, Shy Guy Says, Crazy Cutters, Bombs Away, Look Away, Quicksand Cash, Sneak and Snore, Roll Call, Bowser's Big Blast, Cake Factory, Speed Hockey, Slot Car Derby, Mecha Marathon, Balloon Burst, Shell Shocked, Hot Rope Jump, Bumper Balls, Honeycomb Havoc, Bumper Balloon Cars, Sky Pilots, Dizzy Dancing, 
Archer Rival, Dungeon Dash, Rockin' Raceway, River Raiders, Storm Chasers, Puddle Paddle, Title Toss, Parasol Plummet, Etch and Catch, Messy Memory, Tick Tock Hop, Boulder Ball, Picking Panic, um, Vine With Me, Spotlight Swim, Ice Rink Risk, Hide and Sneak, Mario's Puzzle Party, Chip Shot Challenge, Cheap Cheap Chase, Coconut Conk, Bouncing Trance, Motor Rooter, Mush Pit, Esta, Esta Pizza, Snowball Summit, Monkey Belt, Money Belts, Path Apparel, Goal, Trace Race, Beach Volley Folly, Book Squirm, Dungeon Duos, Reversa Bomb, Coney Island, Night Light Fright, Bill Blasters, Ice Hockey, Squared Away, Later Skater, Dinger Derby, Pushy Penguins, Leaf Leap, Tube It or Lose It, Burn Style, Rocky Road, Mass Meteor, Dark and Crispy, T- Trap Ease Artist, uh, Cashapult, Money Belt, Blockstar, Pit Boss, What Goes Up, Catch You Later, Snow World, Final Countdown, Stick and Spin, Spin Doctor, Pogo A Go Go, Monty's Revenge, Pokey Pummel, Winner or Dinner, Paint Misbehaving, Goomba Spotting, Tackle Takedown, Manor Escape, Shell Shocker, Skewer Scurry, Flash Forward, and Rapid River Race. If any of those ring a bell, they're in the game. I am um, excited for this game. I am kind of uh, not happy that they revealed the entire list. I would have liked to have gone in with a little bit of, of, of you know, surprise. Of course, I'll probably forget most of these by the time I get there. Mario Party, I mean, I would, I I think Mario Party 3 through 6 were the games that I played the most of. I think out of all of them, I think I played Mario Party 4 the most, I think, on the GameCube. I didn't play any of them after 7. I know that for a fact. I never played the Wii, Wii U games, or the 7th game on the GameCube. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited for this, and, uh, I hope you are too, and if any of those games tickle your pickle, there you go. Happy day, happy day. All right, well, if you stuck around for that, um, thank you so much, I appreciate you. I'll be back next week with a new episode of Fair City 4 with a bunch of new things to talk about. Uh, if you want to check out the other podcasts I do, there's Fubar Ferret, that's, uh, the podcast where I talk about random things, and I get a little chaotic every so often. I also have a podcast called Film Freaks with a Z, where we, uh, where me and a couple friends talk about movies. New episodes of that every two weeks. The next episode is going to be about the, um, the Drunken Master, and the last episode was about the Peanut Butter Falcon. I stream every week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. If you want to check out any of the games that I'm currently playing, we just got done finishing Psychonauts, and we're moving on to Little Nightmares and The Evil Within. So if you want to check me out playing those games, it should be a fun time. And, of course, any of my other social medias are all at YummyTheFerret, whether it be YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, I'm sorry, TikTok, or Instagram. Make sure you check out those if you so desire. All right, I am Yemi the Ferret. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Ferret 64. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.